our Father and our God, we come before you full of hearts of thanksgiving and praise that you indeed are our Savior and our God. Father, we want to follow your model. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, it is a privilege to come back to the 9.30 service. It seems to be an annual um, visit from 8 o'clock. And um, I'm so glad to be here with you. When I was thinking about the model of Christ, one word came because of what we're going through in our country right now, and that is disrupt the status quo. Disrupt the status quo. The Lord wants us to disrupt the status quo. We are grumbling, we are complaining. There are many things that are happening in a country where 84% of us are Christians, and Christians by our own choice because when we fill in our forms of what denomination do you belong to, we choose to say we are Christian. So it is by choice. And yet what we see, the things that are happening in our country, we must be 84% of that. We must be part of it. And today, I'm not talking about the government. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you and I. Where are we? What is our position in our walk with Christ? What is the power that the Lord we use in whatever it is that we do? And what profit does it get us? Because that is exactly what Christ is to us. When we look at this scripture, just before that in Matthew 3, uh, towards the very end, we find that we are at a point where Jesus has now turned 30 years. He's been on the world, in the world for 30 years, and he's just starting his ministry. Three, three years, only three years, and then he finishes his ministry. And he starts with the baptism by John with an open procl proclamation by God of his identity. And that's where it all starts. And we hear Jesus saying, This is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. That's Mark, uh, John, uh, Matthew 4, 16 to 17. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then we hear John giving the testimony of what this son is, what he saw. He saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. We've all been baptized, I believe, as Anglicans. We all came in here, we gave our vows. As godparents, we said that we'll stand and we'll do the various things that we've done. Did we lie to God? Did we lie? When we stand, and I remember there was a coup in the cathedral. I think it was in 2006, 2007. Because the cathedral leadership at that time said, unless you're born again, you have no right to be a godparent of a child. Because the vows you make are before God. It is not fashion. It is not a program. It is not religion. It is about God. And we have no apologies. I personally have no apologies for anything that has been written in the word of God to anybody because we are all accountable to one. At the end of the day, even the, the, everything that we read this morning, whatever it is that is in the liturgy, it is the word of God. And each one of us is proclaiming it. It starts with the baptism. Then we go on to the confirmation. Again in the confirmation. Yes, we wear white. The hands are laid on. Some say they are heavy. We all say all kinds of things. And then we go and eat and drink and make merry. But is that what it is? That's where Jesus started his ministry. And we all have gone through that. 
And if you're not being baptized, I've seen in the service sheet that we are having baptism right at the end. You hear in the notices, but I'm part of, this is part of the service. It's not a service sheet. It is part of who we are in the church. So children will be baptized. There are classes that will be gone through. Do not stand as a godparent. Do not come here as a godparent and stand if you do not know Christ as your personal savior. If you have no intention of bringing up that child, if it is just a visit. And then for us who are believers, and you know that you are related to somebody who is, who wants to bring their child here, it is time for you to take that position. It is time to take that position as an uncle, as an auntie, as a friend, and be the godparent. And then raise up that child and present them to Christ as you continually pray for your family. In Luke 4.1, we read, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and returned from Jordan. And in Matthew 4, Jesus was, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Question number one, are you led by the Spirit? In the things that we do, he's starting his ministry. He is starting his ministry. This is Jesus, but he was in his human form. He had his call, which is to disrupt the status quo, the religion, the religious spirit that was there, and to die for our sins so that we may have salvation, so that the curtain is open and we can approach, to, approach God at any one time. That he's an advocate. That's why he came. In our day-to-day life, are you led by the Spirit? The Word of God tells us in Psalms 139 that every day of our lives has been written in the book, in his book. Do we ask him, what have you prepared for us today? And for us of us who are born again, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the word of God tells us that whatever we need to do has been prepared in advance for us. Did you ask him this morning? And you know, in our liturgy, even the way my sister started off this morning, he say, she said, we have been brought here by the Spirit. We are here. And we keep on saying we are heirs of the Father. Can you imagine? Aren't we privileged? But are we that? Are we tapping into that power? I want us to look at three Ps that we can tap in and use them for evaluating. Because Jesus was starting his ministry and it was a time of Led by the Spirit, he went into the wilderness to pray and fast for 40 days. We are getting into Lent. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. What are you going to pray and fast for during this Lent period? And that's what I hope as we go through this, that it will speak to you so that we can have the model of Christ, of disrupting the status quo in our country, disrupting the status quo in your family, disrupting the status quo in the nation, in the church, everywhere where you are placed, in your place of jo- where you work, wherever we are. Wherever we are, we disrupt the status quo because of who who, who is in us and the power that is within us. So number one, we are positioned by God. He has placed us in certain positions and our identity is in Christ, just what we have read and said. We are joint heirs with the Son, renewed in the Spirit. Renewed in the Spirit. That's from Romans 8, 17. We find that Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew 4, 3, He said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus responded with the word of God. And in all these temptations, we'll notice that he responded with the word of God. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, please do not 
People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Some of us are not patient to listen to the Spirit. We can't wait. We want to run. The Lord has positioned us, but we are moving. We, we want to respond quickly. Check your WhatsApp messages and tell me what is in your WhatsApp messages. How do you respond? Do you respond led by the Spirit? Or do you respond with anger or the way of the world? What is our differentiation? Are we disrupting through the position we are in that WhatsApp, WhatsApp group? I had to get out of some WhatsApp groups, and some of them are Christian WhatsApp groups, because they were disrupting my peace. You're feeling angry. I even meet that person, and it's only because I let their, read their comment, and I'm upset. And I'm wondering, ah, that's not of God. The summary of the law says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. But you're getting upset with people. Get out of anything that moves you from being, from being disrupting, from, from disrupting the status quo in your position. What about in your place of work? What do you do? Some of us sit in committees. There's one committee I sit in. And I remember walking into that meeting and everybody was talking about corruption and how many people have been caught. And, you know, it was a big, nice, happy, happy. And I was chairing the committee. And I asked the Lord, what do I do? Because I need to disrupt this. This is not the way we are supposed to be doing it. And what I did is I just told them, okay, let's start the meeting. And it's a government office, by the way. It was a government office. I don't work for the government. But it was a government office. I had a position. I was the chair of that committee. And I said, can we start the meeting? And I said, dear Lord, thank you so much for giving us these positions in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that all the wealth in this country belongs to you. It does not belong to man. Thank you, Father, that you are the one who holds everything. Help us, oh Lord, to go through this meeting and do that which you have called us to do. Let us remember who owns everything. We say it here, and we're going to say it, that it all belongs to him. What do you do to disrupt? And I can tell you that was the best meeting I've ever had. The word of God. Jesus disrupted the position of the devil trying to, to just mess him up and telling him that um, eat, com convert these things by responding with the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. We need to disrupt. But note, how did he use that? He said, if you are the son of God. Some of us are undercover Christians. We were born again, but you are still undercover. You have not come out. You don't want people to know you're a believer. Come out, he says. Come out. If you are the child of God, if you are a joint eye with the son, come out. Be bold and speak. This is the problem we are having in this country because we are quiet. We do not have a spirit of timidity. Come out. Speak. Disrupt the status quo. Sexual immorality. That's what's going on right now. And it is a sin that we, we commit outside our bodies. And we read about that all in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some of us compromise our faith because we want to get some benefits. Some of us use our position of authority in order to ask for these benefits, as it were. This is evil. Remember when you're born again, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the word of God says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple of the Holy Spirit cannot sleep with you. You cannot prostitute. You can't go around giving your body to everybody. You can't go about disrupting your family and the status quo in your family or the status quo even in whatever job situation you are. We need to repent. Where we have done that, we need to repent and turn back. Using our positions. We've seen it in the past week in the Catholic Church and the, and, and the priests 
We have it in the Anglican Church because of whatever is happening in the Episcopal Church. I sat in a board in 2008 and I disrupted the status quo in that board, an international board, an Anglican organization. And the issue was that we need to get money. Get money because from these people, because they're the ones who've got the money and we need the money in order to help people in Africa and the rest of the world. I told them, for myself individually, I will not do that. The earth is the Lord and all that is in it. Quote the word. Let the Lord go before us and speak his word. I said, I will not do it. And then I said, for the sake of my archbishop at that particular time, Archbishop Benjamin Zimbi, I said, I will not do it because I know he stands for it and he's spoken out about it. Whatever we do here, the Lord prophesied in 2000, I think it was 2010, that the Anglican church would be the one that would change this nation. And we will be killed. The devil is coming at us in all ways to try and disrupt that, to disrupt that position. Refuse in the name of Jesus and stand and speak. I urge you all, and provost, excuse me for this, to go and read on Gafcon. Go to the Gafcon site and see the things that are happening. Even the liturgy is going to be changed if we don't stand. We need to stand. You have seen what is going on even in our courts. And in the name of Jesus, even may, whatever they do, it is a non-issue, as the president said. It's a non-issue. So our position, the position that you take and the position that the Lord has placed you, disrupt the status quo. Jesus disrupted the status quo. Whether it was with the Pharisees, whether it was with families fighting over wealth, whether it was with healing, whatever it is, I want us to see miracles in this church. I want us to see miracles. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to move, which now comes to the second P, power. What power do we use? And we saw that Jesus was anointed and he was anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is only one power that we can use to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We cannot afford to live right without the Holy Spirit in us and us desiring to activate and walk in that way. We see the devil tested Jesus with regard to his power when he took him to the highest point of the temple and said, if you, again, if you are the son of God, your identity will always be, be questioned. If you are a Christian, if you are the son of God, jump off. If you are the son of God, get this job without a bribe. Do you know how you get a job without a bribe? It's if you have asked the Lord, is that my job? If you are going with your own kifua, with your own strength, with your own power, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit, says the Lord. I learned that and it is the best thing that has ever happened in my life. I'm getting younger every day because of that. That I do, I live a life of rest. I do not struggle because I seek him. But seeking him means spending time in his presence. I know I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. Monday, my phone is off. You not get me. And I pray. And let us pray for our clergy and all our leaders and the archbishops and everybody who's leading in the church because there's so much noise around us that they also have time to be quiet and pray and seek the Lord. Seek the kingdom of God. Let us pray for them. There are so many things that are going on that disrupt them, that they cannot hear the power, and they cannot, they cannot endure the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know how Jesus responded? You must not test the Lord your God. Some of us who are not married, hallelujah, or they're in the other service. 
or even we as parents and are looking at our children or at our siblings and saying, eh, umeka nyumbani sasa. So you test the Lord and say, why not try that guy? Even though he's like this, let us, we, you can change him. And then you cry later on. Two weeks later, you're crying. Parents, you're saying my daughter shouldn't be getting married to so-and-so. All kinds of things that are going on. And you check, is it what the Lord said? Or is it your thinking? Only one person knows our future. Only one. And that is the Lord. So seek him. Let the power of the Spirit come through and guide us and lead us. When I became a Christian, my mother was involved in a cult. And that is one of the reasons why I had refused to become a Christian. I was a very nice girl, read my everyday with Jesus for about five years, devotions, was with women, you know, like those ones of you who are in mothers, you know, and you're not born again. You know, was in all these ministries. I was involved, I was there, and many people thought I was born again, but I wasn't born again. Please, Lord, you, not please, Lord, yes. Lord, let them hear. You cannot hide from God. We are accountable to one, not to these other people. When we go, we'll go on our own. By the way, you didn't even, even say I was in the Anglican church or I was in this. It is about you and him and him alone. And I remember one of the reasons why I wasn't getting born again was because my mother was involved in a cult. My mother was fantastic. And by the way, now this is the other thing. The other thing that is going on is about uh, uh, abortion. My mother got me when she was 14 years old. I wouldn't be here if I was aborted. Are you hearing? She got me when she was 14. Right? Let, you have no idea what the future of that child in the womb is. So even as you vote for whatever it is on abortion, check. Seek the spirit of God, what he's saying. And pray against some of the things that are going on into this country because they will go to your children and grandchildren. I've got grandchildren. I've got a great interest in what happens here and in generations to come. Whether I had grandchildren or not, because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to see generations that come through. So, because of my mom, one beautiful thing happened when I accepted Christ. I became a Berean Christian. And you know, Berean Christians in Acts 17, 11 says, now the Berean Jews were of, the noble, were of noble, more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true. Everything that you hear, check whether the scriptures say it is true. You must belong to Bible studies. But even Bible studies, you are feeding. You personally must have that walk and relationship with God to understand the word and hear it. Such that, because there are very many things that are happening around here with regard to culture. Some of them, even some of you seated here, may be having one of those little things for good luck around you. Yeah? Even around your waist. You know the one I'm talking about? The one that was put there on the Kaleg. Some of you don't have it but you have already gone somewhere and done something. Some of you are standing, and it happened here in this cathedral, and I say it because we must walk in the light and fellowship with one another, and we all turn and face Mount Kenya, and we say, da, da, ya, da, ya. Is that God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit? Simple question. You don't have to have discussions. Use the word of God, okay? So check which power are you using? Which power are you using? And finally, profit. There's the issue of position, where you're positioned, the power, the power of the Holy Spirit, and finally, profit. Jesus, when he came, he came because of each one of us, that indeed we may know him and we may have eternal life. He died, he suffered. He suffered for us. He was ridiculed 
for three good years, including all those who are close to him, are you ready? When you say we are joint heirs, heirs with the Lord, are we ready to be part of that suffering? But you know, because the Holy Spirit indwells in us, that is, that is possible. We find that the next time that the devil uh, took the peak of a very high mountain, took Jesus to a very uh, high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and told him, these are yours. Some of us have seen to plots. Yeah, you go and you are shown that plot is yours. Yeah, that job is yours. But if you'll do one thing, if you'll kneel down and worship me, if you'll kneel down and give me that money, if you'll kneel down and do what I tell you, who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? Learn to say, get out of here, Satan, Jesus said. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And that comes to our money. We are coming to CTC. It's time for us to give that money that you are sitting on. That was another problem with me. I was not getting born again because I'm an accountant. And accountants, my, me, not other accountants. I'm talking about myself. Uh, I don't want to get into the red. So this thing about tithing, I don't like standing orders. I don't like loans. I don't like, there are things I don't like. And for me, when I read the word of God, because I wanted to go in accordance, move in accordance with the word of God, uh, tithing was like a debit, a direct debit on my account. And I had to learn how to surrender that. And my sisters and brothers, seek the Lord. What has he asked you to give? Not only for your tithes, but your offerings for CTC. It is not yours. And by the way, when you do it by faith, the things that have happened in my life, working with zero or even a job, don't even think about my husband James. I'm talking about Valentine. With nothing. Four times, four months, nothing. And you tell the Lord, I want to give this much. Just like that young man, Austin, we've had. And the Lord has worked miracles that you've ever, never done, never seen before. When I started tithing after I got born again, four months I tithed. And I'll tell you how much it is so that you can understand. 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, 40,000. I got a salary increment of 40,000 per month. Test God. And much more. Can you release your pockets and your money? Some of the things we are suffering for and we can't follow the cross. The way we can't disrupt the kingdom is because of our pockets. Let God have your pocket. May the Lord bless you. May he turn you. May he show you as we go into this time of Lent what you need to do to disrupt. To disrupt the status quo in your life, in your family, in, your, in, in the nation, in the place where you work, wherever he has positioned you. Disrupt the status quo, but following the model of Christ. Let the Holy Spirit work in you to change the environment. May we pray. Should there be anybody here who wants, doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to know him today so that he can enable you, apart from him you can do nothing, please lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand if you really want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior today and we can pray together. Any one of you who feels you've com compromised, you're not there. You truly are want to disrupt the status quo. Stand up. If you're saying, Lord, show me the way. I want to disrupt the status quo. Wherever you've positioned me, through the power of your Holy Spirit and to the benefit of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If you want to be a disruptor, stand up and let us stand in faith and tell the Lord that.
Father, you see us and you know our hearts. Lord, you have called us to follow you as our model. We surrender ourselves to you as we have stood. You had only 12 disciples. It didn't matter the number of people. But the few of us who have stood, we have chosen today to disrupt the status quo according to the model of Christ. And you as we move. And for our brothers and sisters who are seated, we pray, O oh Lord, that you continually speak to them wherever they are at. And that, Lord, indeed, they will join the army. In Jesus' name, amen.